God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by the lovely Leonor Kavoda. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So uh, I am a little disappointed today that I did not become the America's most admired man. Oh, you didn't. But I'm happy that it went to Donald Trump. Yeah. And I'm also happy that Obama has been knocked off his pillar. He's no longer the number one most admired man. Mm -hmm. He's second. And uh, uh, apparently Biden is a distant third. And so Trump, you know, of course, weighed in on that. And he tweeted out just this morning. He said, Barack Obama was toppled from the top spot and President Trump claimed the title of the year's most admired man. And he said, Trump number one, Obama number two, and Joe Biden a very distant number three. That's also rather odd, given the fact that on November 3rd, Biden allegedly racked up millions more votes than Trump, but can't get anywhere close to him in this poll. No incoming president has ever done as badly in the annual survey, according to Mark Stein online. Uh, I guess he was hosting for Tucker Carlson. Like I said, I don't watch it, but I'm just reading the uh, tweet here. That's because he got millions of fake votes in the 2020 election, which was rigged, all caps. Yeah, well, it was it was definitely uh, rigged all caps, as we like to say. And we and, you know, uh, President Trump is not giving up. I mean, that's the way uh, things are rolling along as we roll out the end of the year. So I think a lot more is to come uh, next week, January 4th, 5th and 6th, with the three days of rallies. And then and of course, uh, you know, January before January 20th, we're supposedly, uh, as he puts it, the fake president. Uh, gets inaugurated if if it even comes to that. So we have to see. Right, right. I see a caller uh, calling in. And if you want to call in today, it's 215-TOP-TALK, 215-222-5222. 
That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Also, I'd like to um, put, put out the uh, yeah, listen line number. Uh, we have this new listen line. And it's it's a new number actually. They changed it on us, and um, so the the listen line. So like, if you're traveling, if you're in your car, if you're running, and you don't want to use your data minutes, or you don't, we're getting a new phone app too. Uh, we have a new phone app. We have a new YouTube channel. All you got to do is go to scottadamshow.com, and you'll get all this information. But uh, the uh, new listen line. That's where you could dial it up if you have unlimited talk time. You just uh, dial this number. It's 717-946-6952. That's 717. It's a brand new number. It used to be a 605 number, but it's it's now another number. And we've been getting reports that uh, the number's wrong. So we're going to give this number out one more time, and you might want to find a pen, write it down, dial it in, save it. Uh, and basically, it's just a number that you can call up and listen to the show and uh, and basically enjoy the show w- without taking up all your minutes. If you're a Lyft driver or gig yeah. economy, right? So the number, again, is 717-946-6952. And um, that's a new number. Uh, we've had a listen line for a long time, but we didn't we didn't know it was the, we had the wrong number out there. Oh, that's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're telling we, people to call into the wrong number. Yeah. No, you know we had that posted, but we updated it, and then you can check out our YouTube page as well. But uh, and, and uh, also on um, WFYL, for example, in Philadelphia, they have Twitchy. They have, and, and we're on that, mm-hmm. and they're uh, they're also on. Um, uh, they also have a, a, a live stream going on yep. at 1180wfyl.com. So they're, um, you know, they're airing us as well. So there's loads of ways to listen to yeah, us. That's, no excuses, folks. That's a Philadelphia station. And, um, and so anyway, crazy stuff. But uh, the call, uh, so I'm going to take the caller before we uh, get on. I want to talk about, today we're going to talk about Pence. And there's some movement going on here. And one of the things that they said about Pence was that, you know, the word was that he cowered. That the reason why uh, Louis Gomer, I, and I, I, this was kind of like a shocker to me, because they said, well, the reason why Louis Gomer decided to, you know, sue is because Pence was all set to just go, go with the status quo and uh, concede, you know, or just uh, basically take the electorates and not put up a fight. That was uh, that was the point that he made, and um, that bothered me. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know that that's pretty pretty disgusting." And in fact, if if you uh, read the headline over at um, Gateway Pundit, it says, "What a disgrace!" Pence disagreed with Louis Gohmert on electoral college before vote uh, before lawsuit. So now the lawsuit's going to compel him maybe to address it. Um, but one of the things that um, I just tweeted out that I thought was a pretty good uh, bit of new information on that, they said this: at this point, Pence 
not certifying disputed electoral votes is the only way SCOTUS will listen to election fraud evidence because the courts don't want anything to do with it. Right. For this reason alone, Penn should not count the disputed five-plus states. Let's have a public airing out on this ele- of this election. But then here's breaking news, and it says... U.S. because then you know after the sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Pence was scheduled to go off on an eleven-day uh, journey. Right, he was going to go to Bahrain, Israel. He was going to go to Poland. Uh, he was going to go away for eleven days, all the way up until January seventeenth, and you know, and come back uh, in time for the inauguration. Hopefully, Trump's inauguration. But you know, I'm I'm surprised to hear that. You know, I'm a little surprised to hear that. Because I thought that this was more like a planned attack or a planned strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Gomer, Pence, Trump's got a trick up his sleeve, that whole thing, right? But I'm hearing that Pence wasn't on board. If that's the case, that really irks me. No, right? it irks me also. And you really haven't seen Pence in any joint communications with President Trump no, since the election. Just, and that's what they're talking about, too, with respect to all the senators. Nobody is showing their tea leaves or no one is speaking up in support of the president. Nobody is demanding accountability for our elections. You know what I think? I think there could be a couple factors. On one hand, I think there could be people who genuinely don't support the president. And I think there also could be people that do support the president, but don't want to show their cards. Yeah, but how does that play in the Georgia runoff? Well, that's the question. And and then the other one is, if you listen to uh, Ivan Raiklin or someone like that, you know, a lot of people... Actually, it wasn't Ivan Raikland for that. Maybe it was, but the idea is is that you know they should they should delay. I read it somewhere yesterday. Yeah, um, where uh, you know they should delay the runoff because you know the systems aren't ready. You mm-hmm. know the systems just have so many problems, and not to mention the fact that they're not cooperating with transparency. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot of factors that go into these foreign machines that we have now found out their SSLs track back to Serbia, um, Spain, Barcelona probably, Ontario. They're using the same SSL. So the same company that said, we don't have any business in Serbia or Germany or Spain or wherever, uh, the same CEO that said that's being disingenuous because IT experts are tracking back these IP addresses uh, tracing them down to the uh, server secure socket layering, mm-hmm. um, and they're finding new information. This breaking news, though, is that U.S. Uh, uh, in the U.S. is it says U.S. Uh, breaking U.S. Um, and it says Mike Pence farewell visit to Israel has been canceled. It was scheduled to happen in early January, and so uh, that might be a little bit of good news right there. So. We'll see what happens. You mean the fact? Well, I, I can see that uh, if it's a, called a farewell visit, so maybe he's not saying farewell if the presidency is continuing. That's, so that's the silver lining. That's, that's the what, optimistic way to look at it. That's definitely one way to look at it, and the other would be uh, that uh, you know his trip was canceled. It's like, no, you're not getting out of Dodge. Um, you you know to uh, you're not going to pull a fast one and then s- split town. Right. Yeah. That's that's one way to look at it. Um, caller, you're on the air. I uh, yes, I'll talk very very fast. I was just listening to your thing about Pence, and if he doesn't stand up for us people, he will be more disliked than Biden, 
And he just might as well get on that plane and stay in Bahrain. I mean, pack up his stuff and just stay there. Because I don't think any politician could survive being more disliked than Biden. And my jury duty that I went to, um, they asked me, I got, you know, we had to go into the court to the courtroom, we got questioned. They asked me if there was any reason why I wouldn't be able to if I got picked. And I said, yes, because this is going to affect my health. I, you know, I can't wear a mask for eight to ten hours a day and sit here and breathe my own exhaust. Right. That's an and excellent you know point. So I got excused right away. But uh-huh. uh, the, the guy right behind me, as I was leaving the courthouse, he, he caught up with me and he said, hey, you know what, you're right about that. That's why I've been getting headaches all the time. Um, it's, it's anyway, true. I just wanted to say that. And on the um, the fertilizer, they said it was between two thousand to four thousand pounds. And but the problem is, who would sell somebody that much fertilizer? And because my, other, my friend that had the, the RV, they also his family has they've been they've had farms here for years and years and years. They grow strawberries to artichokes. I am in the growing capital. You're in Monterey. So this is a need kind of, for Monterey. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We're the fertilized, I mean, the uh, lettuce capital, the artichoke capital, the strawberry capital, and the lettuce capital. So the type of fertilizer that they would need would be ammonia. I, mean, I have a hearing problem, so I have a little bit of a speech problem, so please forgive me. Ammonia nitrate with nitromethane in it. Okay. He said here in California, he doesn't know about other states, but here in California, that is a, like, a, like a controlled um, kind of like substance, kind of like, you know. Um, you just can't go and get a lot of it without signing off for it. They don't even use that anymore. Well, there's a bomb expert. Because of the chemicals that, in it. There's a bomb expert that uh, Catherine Herridge mm-hmm. cited, and, and it, the guy's you know, fairly legit. And he said a few hundred pounds of explosives. Um, well, that's what that's could, what uh, could, Henry told me. He said that that you know I went online while I was waiting to get called in, and the they said that he had one news agency said he had forty eight hundred pounds, another news agency said he had just a little bit over two thousand pounds. So I went in the middle and said three thousand pounds, and okay. that's roughly how much I had. I had two hundred forty seven forty eight bags. At a twenty-five pound bags each. Yeah, but the RV. And this okay. is what Henry said. He didn't even think you can buy that at a yeah. at a hardware store. No, no, no. And when you originally unless called, unless you're a farmer, when you originally called about that about the weight, uh, I thought, mm-hmm. wow, okay, that that definitely is a you know cautionary flag right there. But then um, you take a look at the vehicle. It's a pretty substantial size. It's got dual wheels, dual dual rubber wheels on each each side, right? So right, that, that's right. Des- and it's a truck frame. But to still, to do that, it's a truck frame. Here's the thing: to, to go in and buy that, it's like uh, it's like us trying to buy oxycodone or whatever that drug's called. No, there's no doubt. Hello? I mean, we we have yeah, to we yeah, have to do you know, a better it's a, job. It's controlled because of yeah. the chemicals in it, and the, and a lot of farmers don't even use that high of a thing. And he did say this: he said he would have had to mix it with something else, probably right. because when him and his brother were younger, they got caught smoking. When they were like 13, 14, mm-hmm. and they accidentally blew up a shed that had that type of fertilizer in there. Wow. And okay. he said it wasn't a big thing, but they still, you know, blew it up by accident. But right. he said he's thinking that you, he would have either mixed it with maybe kerosene. He didn't think kerosene, but more along a gasoline, maybe diesel type of fuel. And he said that would have smelled. Yeah. Um, what's your so, theory yeah. on, uh, you've heard about the missile theory, right? A missile coming in? 
Yeah, that's what I'm more leaning toward, missile or something like that, yeah. hate to say it, but I, I, maybe I just need to get my aluminum foil out and put it on my head. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, the AT&T I'm going to let you guys go and talk yeah, about this okay. because I don't want to take up a lot of your time okay, because you only you. have a precious hour. All right. Okay? All right. Take care. Thanks so much, Anita. Um, and, you know, the... Uh, there is a connection, you know, between Dominion and someone uh, claimed. Uh, I read somewhere where there, there was going to be an uh, there was an audit going on mm-hmm. there, and <laughs> so you, just, you think the, the we might need one with all of these questions? The coincidences are, you know, astounding. You know, and if you take a look at the Las Vegas shooting, um, where they never figured that one out, but then this one they wrap it all up in one day, you know, and and then the other part on Christmas Day, no less. Um, it just seems a little odd. Everything seems a little weird about, about this story. Um, the timing, uh, the fact that it's on Christmas Day, uh, the fact that nobody got killed, yeah. you know, that there was fair warning, uh, seems to me like there was some something going on there. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I don't know what went on, so it, it's hard for me to say. Um, I, I read what everybody else is reading about this, um, and any inside sources that I have have uh, not indicated any anything mm-hmm. uh, a, like a missile. So my sources aren't telling me that. But in any case, uh, it's an interesting story, and hopefully, hopefully, a, you know something mm-hmm. happens. We need a couple of wins. You know, Sydney Powell's been. Um, uh, we're going to play a Sydney Powell clip about her account. You know of the voter fraud. You know, and in Pennsylvania, they got 200,000 more votes than they have voters, right? So that should that should really nix it right there. I mean, that is evidence of fraud by the sheer number, right? I mean, you cannot say that there's no fraud in Pennsylvania. That was the big state. And so if there's fraud, then you cannot uh, certify those electors. And in fact... I would go one further and say that Alito is still having to address whether or not uh, the state legislature was disenfranchised by the Secretary of State and the governor because they were allowing votes to come in four days after the uh, election. That's unconstitutional in and of itself. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, um, basically also made a a few points that the legislature never signed off on the rule changes mm-hmm. that were taking place. And when they were told to do certain things like segregate the ballots and maintain uh, the evidence uh, in case of an audit for the declaration signature envelope, they didn't do that either. And they, it was the same drill pretty much in Georgia. And you got these so-called Republicans in Georgia that have sold out to the Chinese And so Arizona is another state that, you know, I think is just doing great work. And if you go and you take a look at Gateway Pundit, they have um, they have uh, another situation where they um, are talking about the 200,000 votes that were uh, absentee ballots that were sent out. It says Trump campaign takes Wisconsin constitutional fight to Supreme Court, challenging 50,000 illegal absentee votes. Now, there was 200 and something thousand. I guess they're only challenging 
50,000 of those. But the Trump campaign on Tuesday took its Wisconsin constitutional fight to the U.S. Supreme Court. Trump advisor uh, Boris Epstein broke the news uh, yesterday. Developing news, Boris Epstein on the war room with Steve Bannon confirms Trump campaign is has filed a writ of certiorari with the U.S. Supreme Court out of Wisconsin. And basically, uh, the Boris says this. He says, announcement on... T- okay, so here's the official statement from the Trump team. And it's coming up, and it says... Trump campaign takes Wisconsin constitutional fight to Supreme Court. So Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, the Trump campaign's lead attorney today, announced that the campaign filed a petition for a writ of certiorari with the U.S. Supreme Court challenging the Wisconsin Supreme Court decision that allowed over 50,000 illegal absentee ballots in violation of Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution and Wisconsin law. The filing seeks expedited consideration before the January 6th Congressional Review of the Electoral College votes. This marks the second constitutional challenge to illegal mail voting filed by the campaign following a petition from Pennsylvania filed on December 20th. You know, these are all recent activities the Supreme Court's got to see this at some point. You got conservative judges um, in Amy Coney Barrett and and uh, and uh, Kavanaugh overseeing Michigan and Wisconsin. You got Thomas overseeing Georgia, and you got Alito, who's really been aggravated, openly aggravated over the cases in PA and Arizona's state legislatures doing their due diligence. They're working their tail off trying to right the wrongs. Kelly Ward is doing some remarkable work. And they've signed up with the lawsuit that Gomer put together against Pence. So I don't know how you slice this, but I don't know how Pence can look with a straight face. And I believe, Leonora, I believe that um, that Pence has already been on record as saying voter fraud happened. Yeah. He's been on stump speeches. He's given some interviews. Yeah, or early on in the process he did. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, now that it's been, what's it been, six weeks? It's been it's been quite a while. Right. So, I mean, you know, the proof is going to come out soon, you know, where everybody stands and uh, what their objectives were with this election. So I, as I keep saying, and I sometimes feel like I'm the last optimist in the room, it's just I, I still believe that something could potentially happen and President Trump could r- remain President Trump. Right. You know, well, we still need to get all the evidence. And, you know, yes, the clock is running out, but rem- we still need to remember do it. how our studio in Philadelphia was two blocks away from the Constitutional Center. Constitution Center. Yep. The Constitution Center. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they put out something uh, not too long ago. They said the next public step in the 2020 presidential election will happen on January 6, 2021, when Congress meets to validate the election. Uh if there are objections at that meeting, a formally obscure law will be consulted to settle dis- disputes about electors. The, uh, the 538 electors representing presidential cam- candidates declared winners in the state contests met on Monday to cast their, well, that, that was a, this was written a while ago, met to cast their electoral votes. Now, this was... Um, I think uh, the the magic date of the 14th, right? Right. Oh, the magic date of December 14th. December 14th, yeah. right, yeah. 
uh, December 14th, and then there was the, another date, uh, the deadline for Pence to do the Pence card, December right. 23rd. Right. And, and then and then here we are now um, uh, approaching January 6th very quickly. So there's a, uh, under the Constitution's 12th Amendment and a federal statute, uh, three, Article 3, uh, Section 7 and 8, now, Section 15 is the one that we, we really need to cover. Former Vice President Joe Biden received 306 votes, and President Donald Trump received 232 votes with 270 votes needed to declare a winner. Federal law requires the states to deliver certified electoral college results to the vice president serving as president of the Senate and the part, other parties by December 23rd. Then a joint meeting of Congress is required by the 12th Amendment to count the electoral votes and declare the winners of the presidential election. The session on January 6, 2021 starts at 1 p.m. And this has been written in stone. Now, this gets kind of interesting. And I do see Julie's calling in, so I'll pick that up in a moment. Objections at that meeting about electors will be settled using a process established by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. The law has its origins in the contested presidential election of 1876 between Samuel Tilden and Rutherford B. Hayes. Several states during the 1876 election sent rival electoral ballots to be considered by Congress, which, um, by the way, Hayes, Hayes, that uh, election took like 115 days to settle. Yeah, exactly. 115 days? Yeah. 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 So the short-term solution... Uh, was a special 15-person commission, including five House representatives, five senators, and five Supreme Court justices, to decide the election, which went to Hayes. In the end, the participating Supreme Court justices cast the deciding votes after the House and Senate members voted on party lines. So the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and several federal statutes address questions about contested electorals, electors that land in Congress. So uh, there is this section that says, okay, when they, um, when when, uh, objections, it says it right here, Mm -hmm. to individual state returns must be made in writing by at least one member of each of the Senate and the House. If an objection meets these requirements, the joint session recesses and the two houses separate and debate the question in their respective chambers for a maximum of two hours. The two houses then then vote separately to accept or reject the objection. They then re- reassemble in joint session and announce the results of their respective votes. An objection to a state's electoral vote must be approved by both houses in order for an, any contested votes to be ex- excluded. That's the kicker. Yeah. Well, I'm going to read that one more time. Read it one more time. That's so that the part that was always hear. confusing to me. They then reassemble in joint session and announce the results of their respective votes. An objection to a state's electoral vote must be approved by both houses in order for any contest contested votes to be excluded. And that means a simple majority. That means you got to have one more vote than the other guy in the House and one more in the Senate. Um, and I'm not that optimistic about either one of those. So to me, that seems like a bit of a problem for Trump. Now, that being said, 
Um, that's where Pence comes in. And I think that's where this lawsuit between Gomer and Pence come in. Because Pence can actually reject, and he can actually then reopen up this thing and say, okay, I received these um, uh, electors on the 23rd, but uh, I'm going to give some time for the states to remedy some problems we see with these. These look like there's fraud involved. And as soon as he stipulates with Gomer that there would be a problem with these, he's going to reject them. Uh, at that point, he could reject them, and uh, the states would have a remedy of uh, where the state legislature would have um, power over and above the Secretary of State and the governor, the so state the, legislature. So then would. what would happen then? Would they just do another Well, vote? then they can, they can send uh, the electorates, electors for the, the Republican Party. Let's face it, it's a, it's a Republican legislature. They've been duped. They've been dishonored. Yeah. And what would happen is the Biden team would then feel compelled to law to do a suit. That case would be appealed to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the Supreme Court would oversee that case and would be compelled and forced to hear the evidence uh, put forth, mm-hmm. which would... You know, if one, if a court just listens to the fraud, uh, the evidence of fraud, they're going to rule in favor of a fair election. They yeah. have to, by the Constitution, right. demands it. And if there isn't any, if there isn't any ruling of fraud, what's to stop all future elections from being riddled with fraud? Right. What? And once that happens, are we even a democracy anymore? Yeah. No, we're not. We're we're not even close to a democracy. If if you don't have a of you know a vote i mean that's what our whole country was based on yeah is we we get to vote people out of office who don't do right by us and that's the problem is the problem is you get a guy like gavin newsom that's pulling every little parliamentary procedure out of the book claiming emergency uh, action because of covid they're exploiting the chinese and we're going to talk about china and how they extort in the second part of this show. But, uh, you know, it's frustrating that they work for us, right? Mm-hmm. We, are, we are their bosses. And they're treating us like they're our bosses, like they, that they own us. And that's the problem that I'm having with the landscape today, particularly with the Democrat leadership in Democrat states, which we live in one right now. For, uh, uh, and and I don't even believe that that's true. I just think that there's so much fraud in our elections. And I think it's been this way since, I would say, 20, 30 years. We've yeah. had fraud in our elections, yeah. and we didn't even know it. And thankfully, you know, we've had someone like Donald Trump who actually has exposed so much. I think we've learned so much yeah. as a citizenry or a population. We've learned so much about the uh, corruption the yeah. deception, the fraud, and uh, all that's been going on with the FBI, the DOJ, the IRS targeting mm-hmm. conservative groups. You know, it's just ever since Obama walked into Washington with his Chicago-style corruption politics, I don't think our country's ever been the same since. I think Obama really uh, destroyed the fabric of our nation 
and tried to divide us in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And and Trump has been trying to put it all back together. Absolutely. And these people resent it for some reason that somehow waving the flag and singing the national anthem and standing with your hand over your chest, your heart. Um, there's some somehow there's problem a problem with that. that. Yeah, you, you know, you you were um, heading into D.C. and you were wearing your earmuffs. My patriotic earmuffs that we bought in New York, and, just because we were freezing cold, yeah. and they had and they had and, and I, I got said, the patriotic earmuffs. And I said, be careful. I said, you know, you know, you might get clobbered uh, right. uh, being, you know, wearing something patriotic on right. your ears. And I also have like, patriotic gloves. Yeah, but it's terrible that we live in a country where, where you can't you, even. You, you can't even. I mean, we have Trump paraphernalia, but we won't wear it out yeah. out because you're afraid you're going to be. We we're trying to put um, a, an ad up uh, in, in our billboard in Times Square about thank you, Trump, when he came down with COVID. And we got written like up. Like we're praying for we you. We got written yeah. up in the Daily Caller and with human events. And that's how I met Brent Hamachek is that whole ordeal ended up becoming a story uh, about censorship where the uh, people of Ripley's Believe It or Not decided to censor us. And say you we couldn't put that out. You can't even wish that the president has a speedy recovery from COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that that that's political. I mean, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> that, that this that's a bridge too far. Absolutely, we we, know, we didn't even tell that story before, but that happened yeah. in October. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that's the thing is you know there's too there's too much of this double standard out there. Absolutely, and uh, Julie, uh, we're going to take your call now. So welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good morning. Good morning. It's, it, there's no question that we're at war. And it, it, perhaps it, it, with all that's said and done, we need to define war and when it started so that we can look back at this in history and we can look at it more clearly. Perhaps the first shot was when they attacked that uh, nursing home out in Seattle with the COVID. And and our governors that intentionally sent sick people to our nursing homes and they attacked our elderly. But then when you you go and you read the Atlantic Monthly regarding the storming the beaches of Normandy, there are young men went up the hills, came in the boats, and many of the, the first wave drowned before they ever got in from the undertow. And then it, it, it took like five or six or seven or eight waves in order for them to finally get under the cliffs so they could climb up the cliffs and get the Germans. And and we're at war. There's no question about it. And it's amazing that you brought up about Las Vegas because I was thinking the same thing. How is it that they were able to, in one day, come to a conclusion of 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 what happened in Nashville, and over 500 people died, and many others were maimed, and and forever changed, and they are unable to find one conclusion that's viable to explain how and why that person did what he did yeah we keep too many secrets in our country too many secrets i mean this whole jfk business we have to wait still wait you know uh, all of these things these russian hoaxes what's classified about a hoax there should be nothing classified about a hoax we should out it and we should um, then hold people accountable and until our government starts to do the right thing and realizing that, you know, it's one standard of justice for all, right? Injustice for all. It, it, it can't be two standards of justice. 
you know, one for the elites and uh, one for the diplomats and one for the, you know, oligarchy and the uh, aristocrats and then the other uh, standard of justice for everybody else. And, uh, you know, and, and it's basically an indicator that they don't think that they work for us. They lost sight of that a long time ago. And we need to remind oh, them of that. And if we have to storm out, the, and by the way, money. if we have to storm the gates and make their lives a living hell, I'm prepared to do that. I will be happy to step up and risk my life for the good of this nation and for the betterment of the life that I have to live uh, in America. Uh, because I don't want to leave. And and uh, but you know what? They're leaving me with choices that I don't want right now. Oh, we can't. When you hear those, the, the people um, that are 60 year, years old and they're sitting in town hall meetings and say, we can't do this anymore. We're running restaurants. We're running factories. We're running, we're running our, our businesses into the ground. No. And, and they don't care. You, they just want us to be destroyed. People need how, to stand how up. How is it that the, the, the governors can do this to the people in their state? They're no governors. They're nothing. They're, 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 they're evil people with evil intents, and they're the other side of our war. You know, there's and a, we have to fight back. Right. I'll let you lead, but I will not let you break me. I will let you lead, but I won't let you break me. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of seeing these stories on social media where you have the Gestapo police, you know, the police that we love. You know, conservatives, we honor and respect the police. But when they come to a person uh, who is not wearing a mask, there was a there was a, um, a disabled person. There was a, also, um, I saw this video of uh, a man and a woman and their toddler. It wasn't even a toddler. It was a baby. On the like plane, a, less that than video? Two, younger than two years old. And the, the, the child just wouldn't put the mask on. They kicked all the whole yeah. family off the plane and banned them from for, for life. I think it was United. Well, these are sick, inferior people that are trying to pick on, on lesser, weaker individuals. Yeah, and we're going to get to... And, and how in the world can they justify behaving that well, way and, and for some end? In our next segment... It doesn't make sense. Our next segment, we're going to... I'm sorry. We're, in, in our next segment, we're going to justify it. You watch. So thank you, Julie, for calling oh, in today. So. All right. Yeah, take care. All right, yeah. take care. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. Bye. All right, and then uh, we have a quick call with Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to thank Julie. Um, a couple of months ago, she mentioned, look at where all of the riots are and all of the destruction, and it is in the, in the cities, and she was really spot on on that because they are trying to destroy the cities. Certain areas have been targeted. And China, and, China, China money is going to exploit that. They're going to purchase up a yeah. lot of property at, at great value. Okay, and then I wanted to throw something into the theory, something I saw just the other day. Um, Hitler never got killed when we thought that he was killed. He actually escaped. It was a body double, and uh, he went to Argentina. He had an affair with, um, or whatever you would call it, the housekeeper where he was staying in Argentina, 
And um, the product of that affair was Stanley Ann Dunham Satoro, Barry's mom. Yeah, I, I saw and that. The, I saw that story. I did. I see. I saw that. I actually did. So that explains that story. If that is true, and I am of the opinion. <laughs> because I love conspiracy realities, that it is true. But that certainly explains why things are happening the way they, the way they happened so quickly with Obama, because it just, he didn't just come in. It was all a plan from decades before that. Right. He was in the lineage. Absolutely. Just like the royal family. So, you know, you're an heir apparent. <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, okay, Jeannie, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. All right. Take care. All right. Um, you know, um, I want to get to the censorship and uh, and the behavior and why it is that we have these liberal states. You know, we understand that, you know, p- places like Georgia are in bed with China. We, we know this. But, you know... Um, a person that uh, yeah, Leonora, well, me, you know. Yeah, very so I well. just want to mention. Um, uh, in fact, he was messaging closer, me while closer to the mic, though. Yeah, actually, he was messaging me while we were on the air. Uh, Jordan Bloom, Arthur Bloom, that's his byline. Who's one mm-hmm. of my colleagues at the American Conservative. He wrote extensively in November about China and our relationships with them and. Those articles that he wrote a month ago have gotten some more traction on social media recently because they're so profound. Because they're so profound. But one, you know, but one Twitter comment he made was: if NBC tried to cover the the Swalwell story, you know, the Eric Swalwell story about his involvement with Fang Fang. Uh, or related efforts by the Chinese to blackmail politicians in the U.S. Would the Chinese Communist Party tell them, nice theme park you got there, it'd be a shame if something happened to it. And what they're referring to is that Hunter Biden played a role in providing um, an introduction for the Chinese to get involved in uh, Universal Studios in Beijing. So there is there are all different ways in which um, we the Chinese money is intermingled in our economy or in, or in this case an extension of a of a US brand overseas so there is an incentive to the media companies that are also that also own property in China or have relationships with Chinese entities to hush up hush up the stories that make China look bad well think about it you know that sparked a, a thought from my my own I'm about to do, use really poor grammar. My own self. <laughs> Don't say that. No, that really that, that really, sparked uh, that sparked a thought for me, or something like that. Is better. <laughs> I got it. Um, so uh, no, that really did uh, provoke some thoughts. Uh, it, even better, Scott. I'm going to articulate it even better, um, and, and that is uh, that um, you know it made me think about how China. Because the, these big corporations have great lawyers, right? So you're going to write up a contract, and that contract's going to be really nicely written, and everybody's going to agree. And NBC Universal is going to be like, "Wow, we just got access to a million, a billion new people." And NBA's been trying to sell out. Mm-hmm. They've been selling out to China. They want that market. Mm-hmm. Basketball is kind of a big sport in China, right? That yeah. China has a good basketball yeah. team, their Olympic team. And so 
you know, basketball is something that flies. NBA wants a piece of that market. It's a billion people. Well, they have one and a half billion people, right? So it's a huge market and a lot of eyeballs, a lot of money. So NBA or NBC, uh, Universal, and the theme park that Hunter helped establish or get get off the ground thanks to his dad, um, they, they get into these situations and they say, well, this is going to be a lot of money. We want to do it right. We want to do it big. We're going to invest a lot of money into your economy. And that's like a billions of dollars, right? Billions of dollars invested. Sometimes they even need help from the banks, right? Yeah. When you do, when you invest billions of dollars, you, you need help from banks. Usually, right? yeah. You don't just go home and shake right. your money tree. Right. So you got money. Oh, well, the Chinese will help you with their, their bank, HSBC Bank or something like that. Anyway, whatever bank is going to step up, it doesn't matter. The, the Bank of China, right? And at some point, you're there, you're MBC, you're MBA, and you get involved with China. And all of a sudden, if you're the MBA, you endorse this Marxist group called Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. Yeah. Uh, and they paint the Black Lives Matter down the floorboards. Yeah. And try to do this social justice thing and take a knee and, and don't put your hand over your heart. Uh, take a knee and don't stand for the national anthem. Um, and do all these things that are anti-America. And the Chinese applaud. Wow, they just love it. They, the China Chinese, you are obeying. You're doing the right thing. You hate America. You love China. Right? And that's exactly what they're doing. The NBA is showing China. We are all in with you. And NBC, theme parks, they're doing the same thing. They're selling out. And so what do they do? They control their news. Yeah. So they control MSNBC. They control NBC News. Brian Williams and, and, and Rachel Maddow and all these people are a bunch of sellouts to China. Yeah. Because their corporate sponsors, corporate... Um, Heads demand it. Well, you know what? You know the how products would say "made in China." Pretty soon, we're essentially going to be made by China. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, the problem with this is if they say, "Okay, we want you to support Biden, and we want you to trash and smear and make anything up that you can about Trump." Now that's a rigging of our elections, and the same party that created a Russian hoax out of thin air with zero proof of anything related to Russia and a hoax. They pinned that on Trump and they said, we are vulnerable to foreign uh, rigging of our elections by Russia, who really is broke. They're not that wealthy. Thanks to Donald Trump, who's energy independent, uh, that energy independence also led to Middle East peace because the Gulf states that were no longer selling oil to America had to find new resources for business. Now, Trump has been brilliant. Mm-hmm. The most admired man in America has been brilliant. Trust me. You know, well, I want to make another comment about China real quickly. You know, one thing when the virus came into the states, initially China shut down all of their movie theaters. Yeah. But then what has happened is all of our production got slowed. But right now, the Chinese movie uh, movies have emerged. They're 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 getting more revenue now because they were able to reopen. So this was just another mi- microcosm example of yeah. what has happened in relationship to China. Yeah. 
So Trump has done a remarkable job. You never know it from the media. The media is selling out to China. Yeah. And that is in and of itself election rigging. The big tech and the and the big media are doing it. Yeah. And they're selling out to China. They want that emerging market, uh, that market that is is soon to be the number one uh, economic power in the in the world. They want a piece of that action. And the only people that are going to get a green light. And by the way, now they're they've invested billions into China. Yeah. And if they step out of line and they throw China under the bus, guess what happens to them? The bank basically says, uh, you're, you're, you're out of here. Every, uh, the billions of dollars that they spent to invest in the theme park and in the NBA courts and in the arenas and, uh, and everything else in between, all that upfront money is going to be lost. Yeah. And China's going to say, call it the loan. go fly a kite. <laughs> And they and the NBA and NBC might say we have a contract. We wrote it up. We have great lawyers. We're going to take you to court. And it's like okay, come to our court. But like I see was see how saying, that works out for but you. But like I was saying, they had a strategy. They're going to tank our entertainment industry while build yeah. up theirs. But but it's all about their leverage. Once they suck you in like a spider into a web, yeah, they got you. And now it doesn't matter what the contract says. What it matters is what they could do to you. Because they're a, like like um, Trudeau said, the nice thing about a, you know dictatorships is that you can pretty much, you don't have all the red tape. You just do what you want. And that's the thing. NBC and, and uh, NBA and other big corporations who've sold out to China are too well invested in their efforts to uh, do business in China uh, that now they're controlled because they don't want to lose not only all the money they invested, but they don't want to lose that opportunity of all that new consumer spending yeah. that's going to be buying their products. So it's a it's a really really tough situation for these corporations who've p- decided to play with the devil and they're getting burned. And Trump is the guy that would literally do the tariffs that would burn them. And Biden is the guy that would sell out. Let's take a listen to um, Booth uh, uh, praise Trump. Oh, here we go. Well, see, I, I think President Trump interestingly stands at the top Lisa because Booth. he has been an incredible president. He has, though, Marie. He is someone who led one of the strongest economies we saw pre. COVID. This is a man who has gotten more Middle East peace deals done uh, in just one term alone. He's gotten more than half of the all the peace deals we have seen uh, in our nation's history done done in one term. This is someone who got Mexico to step up to the plate on things like illegal immigration. This is someone who has brought a business approach to Washington, D.C., therefore solving problems when people like Joe Biden, who have been there forever, created the mess that President Trump went to go fix. And I also think it's remarkable because you have a media who has vilified him, demonized him, lied about him, and yet he still sits atop the throne and Marie, I love you, but this must be a hard segment to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Marie Harf, <laughs> yeah, Marie Harf and Lisa yeah. Booth, yeah, um, Lisa Booth. Uh, so Trump pinned that tweet up there in my notes. I just want to uh, cover a couple of other little things before we run out of time. Uh, one is Stacey Abrams. Uh, there was a judge in Georgia that said we're not going to clean up the rolls, even if you are voting and you're you don't even live in your district. 
we're not going to clean those rolls up. You could still vote illegally. And the judge that did that was Stacey Abrams' sister. Hmm. Can you believe that? Yeah, I can, this, this actually. This kind of thing is going on. Stacey Abrams, who's out at the mic saying, we got over 1.5 million um, early vote uh, ballot harvest. We're harvesting 1.5 million votes. It's crazy. Ballot harvesting is not even legal in Georgia. And yet Stacey Abrams is getting all this inside data and uh, has the judges that are actually throwing out verdicts. Yeah. You know, and that's a sad truth. You take a look at a guy like Mark Elias, um, who's winning these cases because he's got liberal judges in his pocket. But it's the conservatives with all the evidence that seem to be getting everything thrown out and not getting their their day in court. The other point I wanted to make was when DeJoy was speaking before the committee and he was asked whether or not mail-in balloting was something that the U.S. Postal Service could pull off. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. There's no reason why he should have ever said. And he's the Postmaster General. He's the Postmaster General. There's no way the U.S. Postal Service was ready to do this task. I'm still waiting on mail that's been gone for a month. And I can't tell you how many times I've had trouble with my mail. Uh, But I think I might have the worst post office service. um, Louis DeJoy. Yeah, Louis DeJoy. But... um, you know, in Philadelphia, I thought I had the worst P.O. box. Then you came service. here, and it was much worse. It was worse. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievably bad. But no, the mail is incredibly delayed right now. But the it's... U.S. Postal Service does not have the integrity or the infrastructure to pull off uh, the what's needed for proper election mail-in balloting and to avoid fraud and to, you know and, and delivery accountability. Uh, so they shouldn't be in the business of doing that. Yeah. And DeJoy sh- should have made that very clear. And he was a Trump friend mm-hmm. and appointment. And yet still, he didn't make that clear. We should and, also just quickly mention, our, we send out our sympathy to the family of Luke uh, Letlow, um, yeah. who was the congressman-elect from Louisiana, who died Tuesday evening from complications of COVID-19. He was only 41 and years old. And he had no pre-existing conditions. And no underlying conditions. And they're exactly. talking about these uh, strains being mutated and things like that. You know, who knows what's going on there. And um, uh, But there is good news uh, about the COVID. There's no more flu. There's no flu. Zero. Like, no. No flu. So COVID killed the flu. Yeah. Just like video killed the radio star, COVID killed the flu. Well, is there a silver lining in that more people were dying from the flu? No, it means that the people that are doing the stats are lying through their teeth uh, about what they constitute as a COVID death and what a flu death. Uh, Ah, I got it now. (laughs) So COVID, you know. I was was trying to be more optimistic. Anybody who gets the flu, uh, they died of COVID. You know, that's the way it is. But nobody, uh, the flu, down, way down. COVID, you know, not so much. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonora Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.